Do you know the Densher Upside Down Test? We solve the riddle and offer you further interesting facts about the fluid transitions from elderly patients in need of care to demented ones. You'll also learn whether home visits are indicated for elderly patients. Stay tuned. Of course, we also have patients suffering from dementia. Having that said, I remember one of your publications where you, or you handed over a prosthesis upside down to the patient. And I found that very interesting. So could you briefly describe that test and also the conclusions that we could draw from that test? Yes, Freddy, thanks, thanks for this question. This is very important because cognitive impairment is very prevalent at old age. And actually, when you're in your 90s, probably three out of four persons will have dementia. But the good news is that in the last 40 years, we have a good evidence that the, the better lifestyle of the population in terms of making sports, of having a healthy nutrition, has led to a decrease in the demented persons in a percent. So you have a lower percentage of people becoming demented, but yet since the number of elderly patients is increasing, there are still many of them to treat. But yes, this is a big problem because it's difficult to diagnose the dementia in a dental practice. Obviously, you cannot do a mini-mental state examination questionnaire that takes 20 minutes, certain equipment, and, and, and this is also not the task of a dentist. Yet it's important for us to to see if a patient has signs of an initial dementia. And um, it has a big impact on our treatment planning because these patients will progress in their disease. Normally between the diagnosis and the death of the patient can be between six and eight years. So it's a long time. And the last years of a demented patient, they will probably not comply for our hygiene measures or dental treatment. This is why our demented patients have more untreated carriers more carriers in the mouth, more periodontal disease. They have a higher prevalence of tooth loss and yet they have difficulties in using the dentures. But would you still offer implant therapy to these patients or not anymore? Implant would be very helpful for these patients because they need retention for their dentition. One of the components of a cognitive decline is that the praxis, so the motor coordination, is deteriorated. You can see that in the manual skills, but also how the patients are walking. And you see that the motricity of these patients is changed. So they would, in fact, benefit from implants. But since the perspective of them progressing in the disease and not complying anymore is obvious. And since we do not have a treatment for the moment for dementia and Alzheimer's disease, I would not recommend for these patients to place implants. We have other options of providing them with the retention they require for their prosthesis, and that is denture adhesives. Yes, they're less comfortable and they're less pleasant and less performant than implants. But at the end of the day, you will be able to keep the mouth of the patient clean. Every object that is hard in the mouth of the patient when no denture, when no oral hygiene is performed uh, can crystallize biofilm. And these biofilms can aspirate, can be aspirated and create aspiration pneumonia. And we don't want that to happen to our demented patients. They have a high prevalence of dysphagia. They have swallowing disorders. They have, when they have teeth or prosthesis or implants in the mouth, crystal point for forming biofilm. And this combination altogether may end up in a 
aspiration pneumonia, which is often lethal for these elderly patients. Probably they're better off just with a denture adhesive. <laughs> Let's also talk a bit about dental home care for special need patients. So what is your experience with this? I mean, does this usually work? Meaning, can relatives provide this necessary dental home care? Or would we need special professionals for that? And how does proper home care look like? I think one of the important points for gerontologists is that elderly patients go more often and see their doctor than they go and see their dentist. So the appointment frequency to see their doctor is increasing and the appointment frequency to go and see their dentist is decreasing. So we need the family and the physicians to do some primary screening and to help in maintaining our hygiene. We need that manpower, but we need to train these people because there was recently a um, systematic review from the group of Sjögren who um, investigated the difference in effectiveness when our hygiene is performed by the family and the caregiver versus a dental professional, so a dentist or professional dental hygienist. And the effectiveness in preventing pneumonia was much better, significantly better when the dental professional performed the oral hygiene. And it is sort of obvious. But on the other hand, it is so easy to train a family member how to supervise and how to motivate the patient first. And then when fragility and dependency progresses, then perform these gestures at the place of the patient. I think it's very important to incorporate the family members into the caring team of these patients. But may I just ask how this usually works in Geneva? Who is taking care of the training of the family members? We train, obviously, from our patients who are accompanied by family members. And a lot of them come with their sister, with their son, with their daughter, with their partner. We train the family member that is still more, a little bit more fit in uh, supervising the oral hygiene and now to handling the denture. And we point out the important issues for this patient. Where is the danger? What do they need to do is when this and this happen? And I think that is something every dentist could and should do. So when a patient comes accompanied and when the patient wants the accompanying person to join them in the dental practice, I don't think then we needn't be worried so much about medical secret. Then we can accept the fact that this is a person of confidence and that we could share some information about our hygiene with them and train these people. I think it's very important. But we also give courses in the University of Geneva for the caring personnel. And we've done that for the last 20 years. These courses are very, very popular. And then they're always booked, fully booked. And then the, the carers go back into the institutions and they get frustrated because they don't have the time, they don't have the necessary tools. And then who pays for this extra tool for the tongue cleaner and for the extra denture brush? So it's a, a lot of initial motivation, but then the reality is not perfect as in any other country. That was the second season of All Ears on Regeneration. Thanks for listening and see you soon.